What is the ceiling and floor for Utah football, Utah men's basketball, women's basketball, and gymnastics in the 2023-2024 athletic calendar year? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Youth. You are Locked On Youth, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. My name is JT Wister, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. If this is your first time joining our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments. You can follow me at social media at JT Wister, so or our show at Locked On Utes. On today's show, we're talking about the ceiling and floor for some of Utah Athletics' most prominent programs. And in order to help us do that, it's the host of the Run and Hoops podcast, Andrew Andrew, thank you for it's Crowley, right? Yeah, Crowley. I was thinking. I was thinking, like, do I want to take a gamble on the last name or not? But I'm like, I remember. It's been it's been a little bit, but I remember. That's so, right. Yeah, <laughs> but Andrew, appreciate you uh, coming on and joining us. And uh, let's start with the football program first. For what is their ceiling and floor? Um, I'm going to go first with the ceiling. And look, I'm sure some people listen to this and think it's a little lofty, but once again, this is what is your ceiling. This is not what I think is going to happen. And same thing with the floor. It's not what I think is going to happen. It's just like, what's the best possible outcome you could see for this Utah football team? And I actually think it's the college football playoff. I think when you look at how crazy things can play out over the course of a college football season, I think there's a chance they can do this. Now, I'm not making the same mistake I made back in 2022 when I predicted Utah to make the college football playoff, but I'm saying it's possible for them to at least do it. Just, and I'm sure some of you would listen to this and like, go, that's crazy. Just like every Every single person called anyone who predicted TCU to the college football playoff absolutely insane. And then they went on to do it. So if you're telling me a team that brings back Cam Rising, gets Brant Keithy back, Jaquindon Jackson, um, some talented receivers on the outside, uh, starters on the offensive line, all the coaches back, you, they return eight starters on both sides of the ball. I expect the front seven to be much better this year, which was a little bit of a weakness for them at times last year overall. So if you're just saying, what is the ceiling of this team? I, I think there's a path for them to get to the college football playoff. That is extremely hard to do, and I'm not saying they're going to do it. But if you're just saying, like, is it possible? I think the answer is yes when you look at the talent on the roster. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, college football is all about the quarterback position. That's mm-hmm. where it starts. And in a lot of places, that's where it ends. And a healthy cam rising is going to get you in the discussion for the college football playoff. I don't think there's any question about mm-hmm. that. And you mentioned the supporting cast and the defense. You know, you talk about a guy like Van Fillinger coming back. Mm-hmm. Right. He would he missed. He would have been very helpful against Penn State. Yes. You know, I mean, and, and you go on and on and on the list. Cole Bishop, people are talking about him as, as a rising star in college football. So, yeah, I think the ceiling is absolutely the CFP. I wish it were 12 teams this year. Yes, I think I that would make the ceiling a little bit more attainable. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. There's no reason why Utah shouldn't be, you know, in the discussion for a third straight Pac-12 title. And, you know, potentially the college football playoff if things swing their way. Yeah. And look, the schedule is tough and that's going to affect what the floor is going to be that we'll touch on in a moment. But 
as you just mentioned, like it is driven by the quarterback position and cam rising is not for the lack of a better word, the sexiest thrower of the football, right? Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, all those guys looks a little better coming out of their hands. Right. But cam rising is so dang effective. I mean, he constantly keeps the chains moving. Think about the USC game. He's capable of having those performances where he goes toe for toe against the Caleb Williams of the world. And some of the top quarterbacks in college football, he's proven of stepping up on those big stages. And he's going to have an opportunity to do so too. And I think he had some road struggles last year against some of the best teams in the Pac-12. I look back to his games against Oregon and UCLA in particular, just not his best. The Oregon one more so related to injury than anything else though. And I think he's going to be motivated and ready to go. Just when you have this amount of returning talent with championship pedigree in terms of Pac-12 championship, they're going to have a chance and it's going to be very hard because in order to do it, they would basically only have to lose one game and win the conference championship. And then outside of that, it would just be insanity. But even that, I mean, I, the two, two loss team has never made the college football playoffs. So it's going to take a Herculean effort. But I'm not going to say it's impossible. So therefore, I'm going to say that's what their ceiling is. Now, when we're talking about what their floor is, um, oh look, you could do like one with injuries, right? If they get injuries, they'll probably finish somewhere around six and six, just because how valuable a Cam Rising and some of the other pieces on this team could be. That's the scenario. But without injuries, I, I think eight and five is what I look at. I could see four legitimate like reasons that there could be four conference losses and you're still, I don't see any world where they're not bowl eligible. This team's too good. There's wins all over the schedule. Even if they get some miss, have some guys missing, there's no reason to me. They wouldn't be bowl eligible. And then when you get bowl eligible, obviously you play a decent team. So that's where I have the fifth loss coming in. I have that loss coming uh, via bowl fashion, but I, I definitely think that this Utah football team is capable, as we said, going to the college football playoff. But when you talk about without injuries, if you're telling me to find four losses on Utah's schedule, unfortunately, it's actually not that hard to do when you talk about four. I, I think they'll beat Florida week one. They should beat Florida. Florida's not a bad team. Going to Baylor, that's pretty tough. Even the home games, UCLA coming in. Look, I don't think they'll be great this season, but they're still going to present a challenge with Chip Kelly, a well-coached team, and what they're able to do. Look at Oregon coming in. That could be the team's first home loss in a long time. Sleeper teams like Arizona or Colorado playing their best football at the end of the season. Once again, not predicting these losses to happen, but saying they're possible. And that's without even mentioning the toughest games on their schedule, in my opinion, going to Oregon State, to USC, and to Washington. So to me, Andrew, that's why I have this with their floor at eight and five, because it's not that hard to find losses on one of what is going to be one of the most grueling schedules in college football, especially when you factor in those two non-conference games on top of a load of Pac-12 slate. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting when you think back in Utah football history, right. And, and how they've gotten to where they've, where they are with the back-to-back Pac-12 championships, mm-hmm. like it took a lot for them to actually break through and get to that Pac-12 championship game, then break through and win it. And when you look at all of the teams that are challenging them, you know, USC, yes, they played them last year. Yes, they went in the COVID season. Take them out of it. Oregon, Washington, Oregon State. It's a group of teams that haven't had that breakthrough moment. And when that pressure heats up, you know, you're going to find out what kind of teams each of these other challengers have, you know, and what kind of quarterback you've got with Michael Penix and Bo Nix and even Caleb Williams. I think you're right on the money at that eight, even nine win, you know, total in terms of Utah's floor, right? Again, barring injuries. Yeah. You know, they've got too much experience coming back. You know, Kyle has got this thing rolling. It would be completely out of character for a Kyle Whittingham team to just fall apart with all of these expectations, given that they've been there before. 
Yeah, it would be something very strange and unlike them because you just look, you mentioned the history. I mean, we're coming off back to back 10 and four seasons, take out the COVID year because obviously that was very strange. Before that, 11 and three, nine and five. If they only won eight games, it'd be their least since 2017. And in general, they've only had one season outside of the COVID year in which they failed to win nine games. And that was back in 2017 when they went seven and six. And outside of that, then you're getting back to like the early goings of entering the Pac 12, which is exactly what you just discussed. Take taking the time to build yourself up to get to that point overall. So it should be a very good season for Utah football. They're going to have some signature wins. They're more than likely going to have some losses that will prevent them from making the college football playoffs. So that's where more than likely they're going to land somewhere in the middle of this. They could easily repeat as Pac-12 champions, in my opinion. They could also easily just miss out on it because they suffered three conference losses on a loaded schedule and then could go on to win a bowl game as well. So that's what's going to be interesting to monitor and see how it plays out for Utah football. But they are just one of three teams we're going to be talking about the ceiling and floor of. We're hitting both the men's and women's basketball programs in one second. But first, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. On an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's all caps, no spaces, locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Andrew, you, of course, host the Running Hoops podcast, so I know you are very familiar with this men's basketball team. So we're going to hit on them next. And as for their ceiling and floor, I'm, let's start. Uh, the reason we're starting with the ceilings is I'm, I'm an optimistic guy. I like starting sure. with the positives as well. I think most people would when you're talking about your team. So uh, I think the ceiling for this team is to make the NCAA tournament as an at-large at team. That is, once again, lofty expectation standard. But I could go through a bevy of teams last college basketball season. We're going into the year. You're like, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Getting guys like Brandon Carlson back, Raleigh Rooster, another year in here, some of the transfer additions they've been able to pick up as well. Just a lot, not a ton of turnover, still some losses, losing to Marco Anthony. Um, Stefanovic going over and transferring, but adding some talent as well. I think there's a world that can make the NCAA tournament. Um, just a couple of years ago, or not a couple of years ago, I should go back a little bit more than that. But back in 2017 and 18, they went 23 and 12. To me, that's kind of a good ceiling record for them for what they could do. Um, I think they could win two games in the Pac-12 tournament and end up as a top five seed. To me, that's kind of where the ceiling is. I, I don't see them as a top three seed. I know they were there for much of the regular season, but they were they kind of got a little lucky with when their toughest scheduling came towards the end of the year in which they went 0-4 in that scenario and obviously lost a lot of other games too. So that's where I'm kind of at where the ceiling is with the men's basketball program for the 23-24 season. Where do you see them? Yeah, I mean, you look at what they've done so far, 11 wins to 17 wins, and had the bottom not fallen out last year with injuries and some other things, you're talking about a team that was pushing 20 wins yes. to begin with, right? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, 20-plus wins should be the expectation, and 20-plus wins, depending on who those victories are against, hmm. are is going to get you into that bubble conversation i'm with you i don't necessarily think that this is a class of the league yeah. type team but at the same time when you look at the returning talent all around the league it, there was a lot that departed mm -hmm. if it weren't for like boogie ellis coming back at usc Brandon carlson could potentially be the preseason player of the year 
yeah. in the Pac-12, and we are in you know the year or years of the big, right? Mm-hmm. We just saw it in the end play out in the NBA with with Jokic, right? Like Brandon Carlson coming back, had he transferred anywhere else, he would have been a huge piece to somebody's you know tournament yeah. championship puzzle, and so I think. With him coming back, with the depth that they're bringing in, they're absolutely a team that if they can put it all together with the schedule that we know they have, bubble, you know, and mm-hmm. NCAA bubble, NIT, yep. you know. And I'm, and I'm going to say, I'm going to jump ahead of you and say NIT is the floor okay. for, this, for this team. It, it kind of has to be. It should in be, year, you're right. In year three of Craig Smith with all of the returning guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do have the floor for them missing the NIT. I could see it happen. Yeah. I could see, and maybe this is because where the injury plays into things, right? This is that's just something that comes. College basketball season is really long. I mean, it's crazy to look back to the Utah team that beat Arizona in December, and then you get to the end of February and they're, like I said, limping to the finish line because of some of those injuries. Just a lot of things can happen, things can change and play out. But I mean, as, assuming health. I, I w- I'm with you though. I would be surprised, assuming health, that they mi- that they miss that on the NIT. Just with a Brandon Carlson back, who should be one of the premier players in the pack. Year three, four, Craig Smith as well. They've seen seen a steady increase each year. That's what they should be. I did have kind of 15 and 17 as my floor record. Just kind of like some of those games just don't go your way. Maybe a couple upsets early on as you're still trying to figure some things out with a trying to maybe work a Davion Smith in, figure out what Will Exact's new role on this team is going to be. Kaba. Um, I mean, you're going to be playing. A, there's a lot of big guys on this team right now with Lawson Love transferring you got Kaba as well uh Ben Car- Brandon Carlson and Ben of course too so there's just some things I'm curious to see how they're going to fit overall and uh unfortunately the other thing I had in here Andrew is I do think there's a world where they get upset again in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament which I think if you're going three years now and Craig Smith hasn't gotten one I think that's another disappointing thing I don't see look Craig Smith is on a six-year deal I don't see a world where he is let go after this season in general but I do think there's world where we exit the season as another disappointment yeah, I mean, history would tell you that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they the the back to back. I mean, not back to back, but you know, sort of back to back losses to Stanford yes. last year, where Stanford really took it to them. They mm-hmm. outmuscled them. They just they just really outclassed them in both of those games. And you know, some of the other losses that were close that Utah just couldn't finish, you know, finish out. Like, you still have to be able to do that in these games and in your tough non-conference schedule games, games against, you know, BYU, the teams they'll play in the Charleston classic, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's a lot of opportunities and they're going to have to take advantage of, of those. Otherwise I think you're absolutely right. There's the problem is there's enough talent in this league that anybody can be anybody. But last year, those sort of lower performing teams didn't perform in non-conference Right. So you have a Colorado who's very good, very talented. They go out and lose to Grambling, but they beat Tennessee. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just kind of a wild, you know, wild that way. And so that's what lends itself to all of these upsets or potential upsets in the Pac 12 tournament. If that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. You're right. It's always crazy and everything. And I do agree with the original point you said, like NIT should be the floor, but unfortunately just based on what we've seen play out, I, I think there's definitely a world where they can unfortunately do worse than that. But uh, I still think that uh, they're going to trending in the uh, right direction. Also shout out and congrats uh, to Tremel. I'm blanking on his last name right now, but who was just, Barnes, thank you. Yeah, who, yeah. Um, who was just elevated to one of the assistant coaches' uh, positions. So, congrats to him. 
as well coming off of that. But of course, the men's basketball team isn't the only basketball team up on the hill. And uh, the next one has quite the ceiling, Andrew. And I think I think it's one you'll agree with for the women's basketball team. I mean, I, I think it's win a national championship. I mean, it sounds crazy when you say it, but when you look at the talent they're bringing back, they're going to start the preseason as a top five ranked team. And any team ranked in the top five for preseason for college basketball has a chance to win a national championship. Alyssa Peely, Jenna Johnson, Gianna Neepkins. Um, I mean, I could just keep keep going on and on and on, right? There's a loaded group of players. They're deep. They've got experience. They have star power. They got everything. Lynn Roberts is a sensational coach. If you look at the steady climb they've been on. So I think it's win a Pac-12 championship. It's win a national championship. Um, I mean, even for the floor to me, just to combine these two, Andrew, I have them as a top. They should be a top three seed, like in the Pac-12 still, no matter what happens. Uh, maybe they have some bad losses. So they're a four through seven seed in the NCAA tournament, and they get upset in the first round. But like they're they're going to make the NCAA tournament. I just I don't see how they that doesn't happen. So I'm very bullish on this women's basketball team, and I really think they got a shot to be a legit contender this year. Talk about a team that is going to be operating with a confidence level that is off the charts, mm-hmm. and that is the Utah women's basketball team. I mean, you listed off all of the, the key contributors are back from last year's team. They bring in a couple of key transfers, a couple of key freshmen. And then, you know, you mentioned this on the football side, but like all of the, co- you know, the coaches are back. Yeah. Ben Roberts is back. Gavin Peters is back. Right, like yeah, Gavin just, Peters coming. I thought that someone might make a run at him. I mean, just coming yeah. off the success of the trend, like Utah's that I was like worried someone was going to try to get him to run their program. So that is a huge addition to keep in house still. To your point, that's right, and and it just it all sets up. I mean, even if you want to take the 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 moral victory of <laughs> you know the the one point loss to LSU or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and them going on to win the national championship, it's I mean the confidence is going to be off the charts. They're going to roll through their non-conference schedule. They've got a big opportunity in the non-conference schedule against South Carolina yes. in a neutral site game. That's a team that went undefeated last year. So they're going to be battle-tested. They've gone toe-to-toe with Stanford. You know, you just you have to love what this Utah women's team brings back and their ceiling, I think, t- totally agree with you, Final Four for yeah. sure. And if you can get yourself into the Final Four, you got a chance. You absolutely do. So that, like we said, we agree on the ceiling. Um, I'm curious if you agree on what I mentioned about the floor then as well. I think their floor, because of the way women's basketball works, I think they've elevated themselves to the point where they should, their floor should be like the sweet 16. Yes. With this specific roster. I'm not saying that as like a program. That's a great point. Cause you get to you host, I mean? you get to host. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So so, you, yeah, you're going to host those first two games, and then you should be the higher seed in the next round. So, yeah, Sweet sweet 16, I think, is the floor for this team. Not to, No pressure, Lynn. Yeah. You know, no pressure. <laughs> but, no, you're right. That is the big difference, and I think it's an important one to mention, like a distinction for uh, men's basketball. It would, be, it would be interesting to see, like, kind of how that would change uh, the March Madness itself oh, yeah. if you're able to host like that and everything. But uh, I think it's a big luxury, and we saw the women's team take care of business and get a good crowd. That was what's exciting, too. And, mm-hmm. look, the, I think the home crowd advantage is going to be a lot stronger this year from game one onward because um, it's just a fact. I mean, people show up for a winner, and that's what Utah women's basketball is. They're a winner right now. So yeah. the crowds are going to be a lot better for them, and especially when you get those big games when Stanford and everyone rolls into so a uh, very exciting season loading for the women's basketball team here in the short-term future so it's going to be interesting to see how both if both basketball programs can have outstanding seasons like you said for them there's a world where maybe they both make the NCAA tournament obviously the two will have wild different expectations for if they're able to crack the tournament field but uh it'll still be interesting to see how it plays out and uh one team speaking of just wild expectations and being able to meet them though is uh is the women's uh gymnastics or just the gymnastics team excuse me 
Um, they they're to me, the ceiling is easy. It's win a national championship. Like what are they capable of? And it's win a national championship. And you could say, I believe it's since the nineties. They haven't done it since the nineties, Andrew, Mm -hmm. but when you've made 47 consecutive national championships, you've put yourself in a position to win a national championship 47 times. I I feel pretty good saying that is the ceiling for this team is to win a national championship. Uh, because look, barring anything crazy and just, or just a bad performance late in the season, they're going to be there. I am by no means a gymnastics expert, but I agree with you. 47 consecutive times certainly would suggest that yeah. that your ceiling is, is that you yeah. think you can get there. And, you know, when you look at some of the departures from this offseason, you know, a Lucy Stanhope, yep, a point. Sage Thompson, like those are really good gymnasts. And so for them to be leaving the program, probably to, you know, find a little bit more success individually somewhere else yes then the people that are the then the 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 girls that are coming in and the transfer in from temple like they must be really really good to be pushing out really good gymnasts and so absolutely 100 percent with you there the ceiling should be that national championship and I'm with you, Andrew. I'm by no means a gymnastics expert either, but we are both sports fans and right. we, we do this. We do record sports podcast. Whenever I see a number like 47 consecutive national championship appearances, that, that perks my ears up as a sports fan. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take note of that a little bit. And uh, you mentioned the talented transfers. I mean, you got five stars coming in here as well, multiple five stars. So this right. is a loaded group and Tom Farden, of course, one of the best coaches in gymnastics in general. Um, So as for what the floor is, Look, just in general speaking, at some point, Utah Utah Gymnastics is not going to make the national championship. So there's a chance they lose in the regionals and all of that stuff before. It's not likely to me, but just when you're talking about the floor, Andrew, I, I think you have to say, like, look, it's still possible they could have a bad meet. But, uh, man, I, f- I feel like it's a lot more likely for them to on- – I honestly feel like it's more likely they will win a national championship than miss the, f- miss the finals because national championship meet because they just haven't done it. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's, it's hard to see something that has never happened. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, and I think if they were to miss, right, it would be more about that other team or teams having, you know, the meat of their life, mm-hmm. you know, sticking all those landings, getting those scores. You know, we know how Utah fans feel about the scoring often <laughs> in the gymnastics meets, but I, I think like that's it. what it would be right to take out a team like Utah You've got to be on, you know, you're, you've got to have your best performance. And so they are certainly in this sport, the hunted, no question about it. They absolutely will be. I want to be as hunted as uh, Oklahoma though. I mean, my goodness, what they're able to put out there doing some of these other ones, but uh, definitely the hunted for, as it goes for the pack in general. So it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it all plays out. And look, I mean, we're just a little over, we're less than two months away. We're a little over a month away from the start of football season and then both basketball and then gymnastics after that. And it just keeps rolling on and on and on. But uh, Andrew, if people are already itching for some Utah basketball content, where should they head over to? Yeah. You follow me on Twitter at running hoops. It's the running hoops podcast. We are, Everywhere that you can get a podcast, got some really good interviews and content coming up later this summer. Brandon Carlson should be back with us for another year on the podcast and maybe some other players as the season goes along. So check us out at Running Hoops, Running Hoops on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's, you know, once you're done with Locked on Utes, you know, head over to Running Hoops and and give us a listen. 
We appreciate that, Andrew. And yeah, make sure you guys head over and give the Run and Hoops podcast a listen, like, and rating on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Andrew, thank you for joining us. Absolutely, anytime. That's good to know for today's edition of Locked On Utes, but we'll be back with you tomorrow for more Utah football-related content.